Would you please stand as you're able for the reading of God's word? And our reading tonight is from the New Testament, third chapter of Mark, verses 31 through 35. Then his mother and brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my sisters and brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. This is the, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. I invite you to be seated, please. Thank you, Sister Jean, for reading our scripture today. Well, welcome, friends, to week five of our sermon series, Kindred Hearts, as we explore the call stories of Jesus' people. Today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, our sermon title is Family Ties, where we will explore what it means to be in the family of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Oh God, thank you for allowing me to deliver your message this evening. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. Allow your Holy Spirit to preach this word, to teach this word, to deliver this message. Not my will, but your will be done this evening. Use me, God, to glorify you. May all of the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable to you, Father God. And Lord, I ask that everyone who is listening under the sound of my voice, may they hear a word from you this evening. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord. We, your children, are willing and listening. It is in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. In the first three chapters of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has begun his ministry. Jesus has called his first disciples. Jesus has performed exorcisms. Jesus has healed people of their infirmities. Jesus is preaching. Jesus has changed their understanding of Sabbath. Basically, Jesus has turned their worlds upside down and inside out. Jesus is something different. Jesus is radical. Yet they said he has gone out of his mind. Hmm. The scripture begins with Jesus talking to the crowd inside the house. Scripture says, and then his mother and brothers came and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. For Mark, there are only two positions as it relates and in relation to Jesus. One are the outsiders, those who stand outside with false assumptions. Where one is the scribes. The scribes are outsiders who are falsely accusing Jesus of performing exorcisms in the name of Satan. Really? They are speaking against the Holy Spirit and Jesus rebukes them 
of their false assumptions and tells them, how can Satan perform an exorcism of his own doing? A house divided against itself would not stand. But then something happens in this scripture that was mind blowing. Not only are the scribes the outsiders, but also Jesus' own biological family. See, you, scripture starts with Jesus' biological family are on the outside. Jesus is inside the house. His family is on the outside wanting to come in to get Jesus. Jesus' family has heard Jesus is doing crazy stuff. Jesus is doing radical stuff. Jesus has gone out of his mind. So his family hears that he's at home, but not in Nazareth, in his new home. And they come and they want to restrain Jesus. <laughs> Can you believe it? Your own biological family? wants to restrain you or take control or suppress you or control you or calm you down or hinder you from being who you were created to be or doing what you were created to do? Huh. Sounds familiar. You know, sometimes when you're the one in the family that people just quite don't understand when you give your life to God. And sometimes they try to restrain you because they're concerned. <laughs> For Mark, the other position is the unnamed or the unexpected disciples that are seated in the circle around Jesus who does the will of God. And Jesus says, these are my true brothers, sisters, and mother. A crowd was sitting around him and they said to him, your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, who are my mother and my brother? Hmm. And looking at those around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Lord Jesus, what are you saying? In honor of Mother's Day, this is the scripture that I'm supposed to preach on? Really, God? This is my conversation with God. Church, I struggled with this comment because this comment seems harsh as it contradicts our understanding of the fifth commandment in Exodus 20 and 12. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land and the Lord your God is giving you. It also contradicts the scripture of 1 Timothy 5 and 8. And whoever does not provide for relatives and especially for family members has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Lord Jesus, that was hard. But praise God for the Holy Spirit and commentary working together. Thank you, Jesus, to teach us understanding of God's word. So I'm going to begin by saying what this comment is not. This comment by Jesus is not intended to disrespect Mary. No, though it seems harsh, it's not. 
because to me, Mary perhaps may be one of the few human beings in human history who was obedient to God and did God's will willingly. So I don't think that's what Jesus meant. See, throughout scripture, beginning with the wedding in Canaan, Jesus begins his transition. And what Jesus does, remember when Mary came to him and said, Jesus, they're running out of wine. What can you do? And Jesus addresses her as woman instead of mother. What Jesus is doing is not showing partiality. Jesus is not putting anybody above anyone. What Jesus is doing is inviting everyone into Jesus's family. Jesus loves Mary so much that when he is dying, he places Mary into the care of a disciple. He blesses her with a son and him with a mother. Yes, he honored his mother. You see, the fifth commandment was written to adult children as a commandment to honor their parents in their old age. So yes, Jesus honored his mother by making sure she was cared for in his physical absence from her. Neither is this comment intended to minimize the importance of your biological family. So what Jesus is doing is introducing us to a new way of being family. Jesus is telling us that your family is no longer just your biological family. Jesus is saying your family is bigger than the family you grew up with. Your family is bigger than those who you lived with all your life. To bring this home a little bit, please allow me to share a story about my non-traditional family. When I was growing up in my grandmother's house, our family looked different than most. My granny's house is known to the family and the neighborhood as the hill. This red brick single family three bedroom home sets in West Nashville off of a hill four generations later and it still stands and my aunt and my uncle still reside there in the hill. Everyone in our house was not our biological family. They were friends or associates of somebody in the family. At this time, I would love to describe my childhood family, but I must say that my family demographics may make some of you feel uncomfortable, and I'm not gonna apologize. So please, if you will, allow me to introduce my childhood family. In my family, the members were black, white, Asian, Mexican, Indian, biracial. In my family, the family members were heterosexual and homosexual. In my family, they were male, female, and transgender. 
In my family, some were tall, some were short, some of us were fat, and some were skinny. In my family, some of my family members had money, they were well off, some were poor, some were comfortable, and some were struggling. In my family, the members came from big cities to small towns, big homes to no home at all, until they came to the hill. They came from big families to no family at all, until they came to the hill. In my family, the members' beliefs, values, self-worth range from believers in God to non-believers, law-abiding citizens to felons, educated to uneducated, holy living to addiction, prostitution, etc. Healthy living, sharp minds, to mental illness. Basically, you name it, we claimed it. You were family once you crossed the threshold of the house on the hill. When I share this story with people, they feel sorry for me. Please, don't feel sorry for me. Baby, I was blessed. I was blessed because I was raised by a woman who loved all people and saw everyone as her brother, sister, son, daughter, or grandchild. I was blessed because I was raised by a woman that would take any child in the neighborhood and make that child feel like they belonged in our family. I was blessed because I got to witness kingdom life in living in the house on the hill. <laughs> Jesus continues to address the crowd by saying, whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. In Jesus's culture, family loyalty was extremely important. Yet, Jesus teaches that among the followers or those who do God's will, they are just as important as your biological family. But you know, we're taught that our biological family is more important than any family at all. I told you, Jesus turns things upside down, inside out, and right side up, as I say. This introduction to a new way that everyone was going to relate to each other is because of their faith in Christ. One main requirement to be a member of this new family of Jesus is to do the will of God. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 1, 12 and 13. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. 
Church, we are all related to one another because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Not because of anything that we did, but because of the grace of God through Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit, we are all connected. We are a family. We're tied together. We have kindred hearts. Jesus told his disciples in John 14 and 15, if you love me, <laughs> you will keep my commandments. And then in John 15, 12, just in case they didn't remember what the commandment was, Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. <laughs> when you love one another, when you truly love one another, you really don't see an other. When you truly love one another, you see your brother, your sister, your daughter, your son, your mother, your father, your friend. When you truly love one another, See, love is an action word. So when you love someone, you just don't have time to see differences. You don't have time to pass judgment. You don't have time to select and pick. When you truly love someone, you embrace everyone. This reminds me of Matthew 25. 35 through 40, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. When Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. When I was a child, my grandmother instilled Matthew 25, 35 through 42. I just read to 40, but she took it to 42. My grandmother instilled that into me. My grandmother and I, we read this over and over every day. My grandmother said, Toy, I don't know the Bible and I can't read too well. She said, but one thing I know is Matthew 25, 35 through 42 is the roadmap to love. She said, this is how you show your love to people. And then she challenged me. She said, look in this verse and point out to me if it says anything about their age or their race 
or sexual orientation or anything. And I looked and I read and I looked and I read and I couldn't find it. She said, exactly. Because love loves without conditions. Church, I am strongly convinced that Jesus is calling us as the church to love, not just to love our own family, not just to love the members of this church, but to love, to love all people. Jesus is calling us to expand our family outside of the walls, outside of our community, outside of our neighborhoods. Jesus is calling us to love people from all races, ages, stages, and phases of life. Jesus is calling the church to love others through our actions, our words, and our deeds. Now, Brentwood, you are a truly blessed church. Hmm. I didn't recognize how blessed you were and are as a church until I truly start serving here. I didn't realize how much of a blessing Brentwood is to a lot of communities and people, but especially to each other. I had the privilege of having the on-call pastor phone one time. I think it might've been my first time ever having the phone and a member of the church passed away. And so I'm new to this, to this thing, right? And you know, I go up there and to the hospital, but, and I'm there and I watched as this wife grieved for her husband. And as she grieved, one of her Sunday school members with love just grabbed her hands and said, be with your family and we'll take care of the rest. I saw love in action and I said, wow, I'm blessed to be part of a church that knows how to love. You are a church that gives of itself through sponsorships, mission trips, missional and strategic partnerships. And we just heard it on the senior recognition video when those young people said, I struggled with my faith, but I thank the church. Thank you church for allowing me to be here at a church that allowed me to find my faith. Whoo, yes, yes. And I'm so blessed to know that Brentwood, you are a church that is working on diverse relationships. I am so blessed to see you all working with the racial reconciliation and all of the other social justice opportunities. Yes, yes, this is what family looks like. It looks different, it looks weird, it's diverse. It's our opposite. We may not understand each other, but yes, this is how family looks. And I want to commend and encourage you do not stop, no matter how much it makes you uncomfortable. Do not stop 
No matter how much pushback or rejection you may receive, keep going, keep giving, keep doing, keep being, and especially keep loving. You see, the church must be the place where everyone is seen, everyone is known, everyone is loved, and everyone has a sense of belonging. The church is to be the lighthouse to the world. You know what a lighthouse does? It provides light. When a person's in their darkness, when a person doesn't have anywhere else to go, when they feel like they have lost hope, the church should be that lighthouse saying, come, we're ready. We'll come to you, whatever we need to do. You are our family and we love you. This work is not easy. Trust me, I know. My childhood family was very diverse and there was always action in the house. They argued, they fought, they disagreed. They walked around not speaking to each other sometimes. But at the end of the day, they loved. When all else failed, love didn't. It's not easy when you make yourself vulnerable and you expand and extend and you're ready to receive other people into your family. You don't always agree. Your beliefs may be different. Your understanding of God, of yourself, and of others may be different. But no matter what, we are still family. Different, same, black, white, gay, straight, young, old. It should not matter if we are truly a faith family. You may not agree with my theology, and that's fine too. But my grandmother instilled in me, and I believe in the things that my grandmother taught me. Because you see, she didn't just talk the talk. She walked the walk. See, I didn't know when I was a child how blessed I was, Adam, until her funeral service. I didn't know that God blessed me to live out love until her service. My head was down and the Holy Spirit said, look up, look out, and look around. And when I did that church, this small little church up the hill from my grandmother's house is filled to capacity with people of all ages and stages of life, from rich to poor, to white, to black, to Indian, to Asian, to Mexican, you name it, it was there. From prostitutes to addicts, to doctors, to lawyers, they were all there to celebrate the life of this woman who loved. So church, I leave you with this. Jesus says, you that are around me that do the will of God. If God is telling us to love one another, period. 
not if, to love one another because I first loved you. God loved us by sending Jesus. Jesus loved us for dying for us, saving us and sending the Holy Spirit. Jesus loves us and Jesus expects us as a family with kindred hearts to go out and to love without conditions. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.